This episode of our podcast is brought to you by Doolaban Insurance. If you live in Ontario, Canada, and are looking for the best price and coverage for your Tesla, give Doolaban a call at 1-855-385-4226 or visit their website at doolabaninsurance.com slash Tesla. Well, I guess we better get the podcast underway. Um, we are recording Halloween Eve, so obviously you guys are going to see this probably the next day. So we apologize. We are having a little bit of fun here. Happy so, November. Yes, yes. Um, Ian is here. Good evening. Good you should do that in the Vincent Price voice. It even sounds better. That's, that's you know, and he's a good Hungarian man, and you don't think I could get his timber right? No, I can't do a good Vincent Price. My dad <laughs> Nobody... could do it amazing. Really? Yeah, but I can't do him. I don't know. Oh. Why. I didn't get that gene. It's too bad. So yeah. you guys are wearing your Tesla hats. Eric, I, I need, you know, you're wearing something special, aren't you? Tell everybody. <laughs> <what you're... laughs> That's good. So um, for those of you guys who are uh, listening to this audio podcast, you'll have to go to YouTube later on to see it. But uh, if not, I shared photographs of these uh, amazing, uh, uh, or I should say this amazing hat. Uh, this is actually part of the rewards referral rewards program that Tesla had. Uh, so the hat finally came. I got notified about this. I think it was uh, 27 years ago that I'd won this. Uh, <laughs> they finally arrived now. Um, birthdays have come and gone. Anniversaries have been celebrated. People have you know been born and died. But yeah, I have a hat now. Um, so this is the official hat. Uh, you can see it's got the nice blackout lettering on the front. There's actually some inscription inside the cap as well. What's it say on the inside so people know? Um, or are you going to keep it a secret? Well, I'm, I'm not going to take my hat off during the show. Uh, but yeah, if you go if you go to my Twitter feed, it's uh, twitter.com slash ecfix. Uh, you'll see the, the photographs there. And uh, no surprise, made in China. Yeah. But we do not know if it was made at Gigafactory 3. We don't know. <laughs> we, could we, don't know. We, we could start that rumor right now. Because <laughs> I remember Eric, he got all excited and he sent us a text message. He says, oh, I got a shipment notice of something. And everybody's panicked. I think it's the referral wheels. I knew I knew it wasn't. I I remember distinctly when when they were uh, uh, going the, through the program. You could select what your prize was, and you select yeah. the wheels. They didn't ask you, okay, what service center do you want to go to that's nearest to you. So that makes me think that they're actually going to do either a wheel swap, or you have to actually go physically get it from there. Because I can't imagine sending that to your house. So it's a no. pretty sweet hat, though. I'd like one. Yeah. I like how some people are like, "How can you not get one?" If you, I'm like. Do you know what these guys in this show and Mike Bodner, who was on last week, and others have, what referral count they had before I got my first one? Yeah, I earned this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Yes, you I'll did. Yes, yeah. you did. And you look marvelous. You look Thank marvelous. you very much. And uh, thanks to the person yeah. who bought my uh, who bought their first car with my referral so I can actually get this uh, wonderful swag. Congratulations, whoever you happen to be out there. Thanks for using his referral code. Hats Thank off. You. Yes. Ah, uh, well done, <laughs> sir. I learned from the best. I learned from yes. the best. Mr. Pun himself. Um, oh, wait. I got to get into the mood here. It's Halloween. It is. Hold on. I got to put my wig on. There we go. Now we're talking. There's so, my so, Marilyn so, Monroe wig. See? Maybe, maybe our narrator there in the bottom cube can now describe the scene for our audio listeners. It's exactly what's going on here. Yes, I've got this great big Marilyn Monroe foam hat wig. They were sold by Target a few years ago. Um, now, of course, we had to get one. As soon as I saw it, I was like, I have to get one of those for bed. So I am wearing my silly hat on tonight. It almost um, looks like you took a, uh, a sofa cushion, took it apart, cut it into various layers, and assembled it on your head. It's really quite clever. There was a series of these. They had one with Medusa. They had a pirate hat. 
a um, bunch of other ones, but when I saw the Marilyn Monroe one, I had to get it for my wife for Halloween. So anyway, look, so that's my silly hat. Comic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So tonight we're going to do something a little different. We're going to have a spooktacular episode because we're going to do nothing but listener and viewer questions. Get out of um, here. Yes. Um, and I want to th- say thank you to everybody who submitted their questions. I started this yesterday because I wanted to make sure we had a good number of them to talk about tonight. And boy, did you guys deliver. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well thank done. you. Thank you. So, yeah, we have lots to talk about tonight. So, anyways, I, I think we'll jump into it. We'll just kind of do this little loosey-goosey thing as we like to do here. So, the first question comes from Neil. He says, do you have any information about from Tesla, whether there will be a power lift gate on the Model Y? Hmm. I know what the answer is. I do, too. Ian? Yep. 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 Confirmed. Yep. 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 Definitely. It's been confirmed. Elon confirmed it. Yeah. Franz confirmed it. Yeah. So, yes, it's definitely happening. So, now... No, I'm going to say all cars are going to get that. It, it doesn't make sense to, to put a, a small SUV like that and, and not have a power lift gate. Come on now. Well, yeah, I mean, that's going to get it. Why? Are you saying they're going to retrofit the three? That's sort of what I understood from what you just said, that all cars are going to get it. No, or, are you say saying that. that all Ys are going to get it? Like it will not be No, no, that just the sense. Y. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. Makes mm-hmm. one. Makes one. I do like the power lift gate on my Model 3, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't see them doing that. Yeah. Yes, yes. All right, next question comes from Aaron. He says, uh, thoughts on pitching the Model 3 to lower-income individuals? In my opinion, based on driving habits, if it saves them money, then why not? I've also had others argue with me on this point, arguing low-income individuals should now uh, should not be buying an expensive vehicle like a Tesla. They argue they should be biking, taking public transit, or reducing their driving instead. Well, that's a very good question. Uh, we always have this conversation whenever we talk to people about this. Um I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I want your opinions. First. I Eric? all right. So uh, let me tell you something. I, I've I've been fortunate to be in a position where I've never been uh, close to poverty or, or or really struggled with money all the time. Um, but I do understand what it's like to be in that position because I certainly have done that when I was younger. And this is certainly not Aaron's judgment. He's just obviously reiterating what some people uh, in the public sphere have said. But the, if you're if people are saying, well, they should just reduce their driving. That's not how things work, okay? Um, and I take offense to people who have this rationale that, you know, if you really can't afford a nice car, you should be, you know, walking or taking a bus or something. You know what? A lot of us would be better served taking public transit. You know what I mean? We, I'd, I'm, I'd rather have more cars off the road. So just to me, that sounds like an insult to somebody when ideally, you know what? You take the bus, person who's got money. You don't need a $160,000 car. You can get by with a little, you know, Toyota or a Hyundai or whatever. Um, but to that end, I always look at it like this. If a family or an individual looks at their, their financial situation and they believe they can afford it, you know, we, we often hear the phrase, the Tesla stretch. And those are folks who are going from, they're going from, you know, a, a mid-class or, you know, a low-end vehicle. And they're certainly trading that in to go into uh, the class of cars that Tesla has. You can still get a car, even with a respectable trade-in, like an SR Plus Model 3, and maybe still pay less than $30,000 in a car. And if you can get, you know, maybe a four or five year loan, basically 48 or 60 month loan, um, then maybe those payments are, are affordable to you. So the idea that people say, hey, you should not be buying a Tesla. 
that may be true if you're if you're low to moderate income and you're looking at a, a performance model s maybe like i i can see that argument but with model threes being as low as they are uh now i mean i suppose when they first came out but when you're looking at cars that are in the thirty thousand dollar range yeah, it is conceivable that a family can still afford that. So I don't buy these arguments. I actually hate when people make them because it's really the individual's decision. And to deter them from buying something that they really are passionate about and it matters to them, then go ahead and do it. If you know you can do it, you've talked to uh, you know, uh, counselors, advisors, you're a banker. You've t just If you've done your homework and you know you can afford it, then damn it, go get the car. I don't, I don't see what the problem is. If you have the means, I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's just... But, As Ferris Bueller would say. Yes. But it's typically people who have those resources that look to those who don't and say, yeah, you shouldn't do that. Which to me is like you're still keeping the person from actually succeeding. Uh, it's just, you know, it's not every, it's not every case, but, it, but it's enough. it happens enough where it, it bothers them for me. Well, I want to make two points um, because I've, I've spoken to lots of people before. So first of all, there's a... If, if you're talking to people on the street who are not aware of the Model 3, and that still happens in this day and age, mm -hmm. um, you do get some resistance. There's there's some ingrained thinking right now. Oh, you say Tesla, and they automatically think it's a $100,000 car. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not even in people's wheelhouse. So then you have to breach the conversation. Well, the Model 3 starts at, you know, 30, what is it in the U.S., $37,000, $38,000, whatever it is. Anyways, mm -hmm. call it like that. Um and then the second part to this equation is, and I've said this many times before, is the the general consensus with most people, most people when they buy a vehicle, and I'm talking a traditional car, ICE car, is the the mentality is how much is this thing going to cost me to drive it off the lot today? Mm -hmm. They don't think about gas, they don't think about maintenance. Those are known things because it's just something you grow up with. Sure. Um, obviously, with the Model Three, you have to do total cost of ownership, right? And most people, the brains aren't wired to work that way. So it's a more of an educational process, and that's why Tesla has, you know, their salespeople more about educating the customers. So, so it's it's a difficult, it's a long-winded conversation to have with people about. Mm -hmm. Okay, here are the cost benefits. I, I mean, I have a designer that I was just talking about, and she just messaged me. She says, I, "I'm trying to convince my husband to buy a Tesla, and we're looking at a used one, and we only have this much to spend." And I said, "Man, if you have to convince somebody, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's." Look, to me, it's it's simple black and white numbers game here. It's like if you can save money over what you're preparing to buy in a conventional gasoline car, then this isn't even a discussion anymore. It's mm -hmm. like I don't care that the car is more expensive. You can't just object to the fact that the, the price of the car, the payment of the car is much higher than what you're used to. If the net outcome is your, your monthly cost to operate it is lower, end of discussion. It wins. It, that's it. Now, if you're still stretching beyond what you would have paid, even with all the additional savings, which is the case for a lot of us, it was for me, um, but you get that much more enjoyment. I mean, if it's going to bring that much more happiness to your life, and also if it, it, it appeases to a certain sense your your sense of environmental responsibility, which was a large part of it for me, I was willing to pay a lot more for a car that did what this one does and yeah. also is sustainable. I mean, I don't mind spending a little bit more money to, to re dramatically reduce my carbon footprint. So, so these these were all valid reasons. So it's it's very much an individual thing. But the way Aaron words it's almost like, you know, it, like he says, based on the driving habits, if it saves them money, why not? Yeah, this idea that, oh, you can't, that's too expensive a car for you. No, it's the price of the car is, but your net end of month expense could be less. 
Yes, so I agree. that's it. I mean, I've owned my car now for a year and a half. The only expense I've had on that car was buying a bottle of washer fluid. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I, I mean, I mean, I have to change the wipers at some point now, but, but like, but that's it. Like, I, 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 you know, at the end of the day, it's it's doing the metrics, balance the figures out, and if you end up saving more money, then go electric. I mean, and look, yeah. this is this is certainly the same. Like, it doesn't have to be a Tesla; it can be correct. a Leaf. Sure. There's tons of Leafs. I was just going to say that. You know, if you're if your distance on a daily basis is maybe like 30, 40 miles, you don't have to have a Tesla to do that. Maybe you can go on a lower entry level. I mean, look, you can certainly get a Chevrolet. You can go Toyota. You can go Huntley. There's many options out there for electric vehicles, and more and more manufacturers at least have announced plans to go with electric or either to convert their existing fleet into electric or come out with new concept cars to be fully electric. It's going to happen. Um, maybe you want to start with a hybrid just to kind of get acclimated to how it is driving an electric battery uh, at some point. So these things are all understandable. But yeah, when, when the naysayers look at someone and go, how, you know, shame on you for buying that car. Like this, this, this culture of pointing fingers and saying you can't do something who the hell are you to judge? Let's let that person decide for themselves what they can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Yep. Well put. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next question comes from Joe. Joe, I, I apologize if I butchered your name. Jao? <laughs> Maybe it's Jao. Jao? Yeah, Jao. Okay. We'll, call, we'll say Jao. Um, his question is, if I buy a Tesla with the autonomous driving features enabled, talking about FSD, I'm assuming here. Does the intrinsic value increase over time of this feature? Um, does does the intrinsic value increase over time of this mm -hmm. feature offset the valuation devaluation of the car? Now that's an excellent question. Now, if you were to believe Elon Musk, <laughs> the answer is yes. Today, man, eh, not so much. Um, I will say this, and I want your input, guys. Mm -hmm. um, I do know that when I talk to a lot of people, and even when I was selling the Model X, one of the first questions out of people's mouth is, does it have autopilot? That right there does have an intrinsic value to the car. Mm -hmm. So as far as resale value is concerned, okay, because that's essentially what he's asking about here. Um, cars without autopilot um, sell for less. It's just the way it is. So in some respects, if you look what Elon says, of course, price of FSD is going up a thousand bucks tomorrow. Yep. Um, and you know the the hint is that it will continue to increase in, in in value as they release more features. So Tesla, at least in their mind, and obviously by their actions, I think that it will uh, that portion will intrinsically um, increase the value of 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 that feature, not necessarily devaluation of the car. That's a different matter altogether because. I, I've had other people look at cars and they say, well, you know, um, well, Michael Bodner, for example, I think, uh, no, no, it was um, Raphael. He, he wants a, a performance Model 3. <laughs> and he looks at the value of his car and it's just like, well, why is it devalued so much? In my mind, the Tesla is almost like, it's like a modern cell phone. Um, you know, cars are not an appreciable asset. Um, they do devaluate. It's just, it just the way it is. But I think because these cars are so technologically advanced and because they move so quickly, I think the value of them in a lot of ways, at least in the resale value, has been somewhat depressed. I think if you compare it to other vehicles in that category, Model 3 and the others have held their value quite well. But, you know, the old adage of driving the car off the lot and you lose 20% of your value right off the bat, I mean, that still holds true. So I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, 
Yeah. I, well, I think a couple of things. Uh, one is uh, in Raphael's case, he's done a lot of driving in that car. So the mileage he's put on the vehicle will certainly change the value yeah. of his car compared to say mine. I mean, I haven't, I haven't eclipsed 30,000 miles yet. And I think he's driven across the country at least two, three times uh, in his car. So that's part of it. Um, but the other thing too, is that I think part of it is the, the number of Model 3s available and the cost to get one new versus one used. You know, a, a person could get a, um, you know, they can't get my car, the long range uh, rear wheel drive that I got, you know, back in April 2018. You know, they can't get that specific car, but they can go, but I can get something comparable for maybe roughly the same price new than I would pay for a used one. Um, so those are things that people certainly factor. And we just talked about it in the last question in terms of, you know, what what value a car might have to you and what you can afford. Um, the other thing I also think is, is interesting here is in kind of answering your question about uh, autopilot and FSD is now that autopilot and I and I say this with understanding of what autopilot is today, not what I have in my car as a grandfathered autopilot owner. But autopilot today, a lot of features are of that are standard. So if they're standard, I don't think it's going to appreciate the value of the vehicle to offset the devaluation equally. I think full self-driving might be really the trigger for this question. Because I think full self-driving, once that's a full-fledged feature, and on the you know the Tesla taxis and, and robo-tax, all, and all that yes. sort of kind of in motion, and we're, yeah. we're seeing level four, level five autonomy basically signed off across the United States, then we might see numbers sort of balance out to the way that uh, Zhao is thinking. Until that happens, which we still that could still be years away from it being mm -hmm. uh, f f into coming into fruition, I think we're sort of going to hedge the bet here that it's going to be a while before that before that happens. That is also something I have to add. Uh, that is provided that you actually participate in the robo taxi fleet. Yeah. So if you have a car and you want to put it in the fleet and you actually make money. It could likely happen. And that, and that will help, too. I mean, I think for those mm -hmm. who volunteer, I mean, I'm someone who's sort of hesitant. I, I mean, if you, I, if you were to buy FSD, I'm sorry, but if you were to buy FSD now and you don't participate in the robo-taxi fleet, you're not making any money on the car. That's, yeah. I mean, that's the goal, right? Yeah. So, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That. No, it's fine. Ian, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, what they said. No, really. I mean, that's the end of argument. I don't think it's going to significantly appreciate the resale value of the car until the full potential of FSD is realized, you know, and then of course it's the potential revenue stream from the Absolutely. robo taxi thing that drives it. I think everyone is, is in accordance on this, uh, mm -hmm. on this very, very point. I will just point out quickly that I know we have seen values of use three starting to drop in the U S that as far as I can tell, and Trev, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't noticed that in Canada, certainly not in Quebec. The used ones here are staying really high and it's probably cause we just still don't have a huge number of cars on the road right. compared to the U S. As far so. as I can tell, yeah, they seem to be holding their value quite yep. well. I mean, I mean, we don't have the installed base like the U.S. does. Nope. I mean, we have a lot, but not like yeah. the U.S. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. All right, moving along. Next question comes from Marco. He says, uh, have you compared 2018 versus 2019 Model 3 performance cars for upgrades and changes? Example from one of your other videos, I noticed that under your hood, he's talking to me, <laughs> that you have different cutouts than on my Performance Model 3 2018. Uh, what have you noticed, and how does it improve the car? Which is faster, 3 at last or, or Magneto? <laughs> we have to have that race at some point. Um, okay, so there's two parts here. Uh, Marco, you're very observant. Mm -hmm. um, matter of fact, I am going to do a video very soon um, on pointing out 
changes that have happened between 2018 and 2019, Model 3s in general. Understand all the cars have the same body. Mm-hmm. It's just the power electronics and, and you know whether you have dual motor and performance options that really differentiate the cars. So yes, you're very observant. I'm, I, am, I have noticed some changes and I am going to point them out. Now, as to your question, which car is faster? Um, I'm going to put money down that uh, Ian's car is faster because he has lighter wheels than I do because I still have the stock 20-inch. And I got an eco hitch. <laughs> I got a lot of extra weight on my car. <laughs> that eco hitch is 60 pounds alone. So Your ego adds like 10 pounds. So, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's quite a bit. And then uh, I, I am my own extra weight in this case in the car. So <laughs> well, I don't forget about your hitch. Yeah. You know, as far as I know, and I haven't seen any evidence otherwise, Ian, Ian pretty much still holds the record at what it would do 3.12 on, on the 60. Yeah. I've, I've never done a quarter mile. And I think it's somebody in England now who has a crazy quarter mile time on this car. They uh, put on ultra lightweight forged wheels, put in a super lightweight 12 volt battery and a 100 pound driver and managed to hit, what was it, 11.4 or something like that? It was a wow. crazy number in the quarter mile. Nice. Yeah. So I'm sure that car is quicker to 60 than mine as well, but they just didn't offer that time. So I'm in, in you know, to be realistic, I'm going to pass the crown to um, jolly old UK. But uh, as far as the actual number goes, no, I've never seen an actual 0 to 60 published that's lower yet. Okay. Well, we'll um, keep an eye on that. Actually, Marco has a second part of the story uh, to his question here. We should continue. I just, I just want to interrupt and say, though, that yeah. theoretically, if, if Trevor and I had the same wheels and tires in our car, they should be identical because there's no change to, I, as far as I know, to the um, to the vehicle weights nor to the performance. The car should, if given the same upgrade, whatever, that we've both had, I mean, your car was built with the first 5% power increase. Mine received it as an update. Mm-hmm. But there's been no significant change to the car's performance or weight you know, uh, in terms no. of power outputs. So same on. battery exactly. pack. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Everything's the same that way. All right. Well, uh, just getting on to that point here, Marco had a second part to his question. He says, on wind noise above 70 miles per hour, I suspect that the change done in the winter of 2018 to reduce sticking has allowed more noise dues, uh, due to the window fit not being as tightly sealed as originally designed. Any chance of getting a software toggle switch to enable it disable as needed? Thoughts? Hmm. I don't think that um, that's a thing because if he, what he's referring to is the change to the software which lowers the windows further in winter uh, um, to break the ice. Yeah, that is just strictly a function of how low the window goes when it uh, retracts to open the door. But when it closes, it goes fully up into the window track. The, yeah. the, the park position when it's in the roof, yeah. I don't think has changed. Um, I noticed no difference before or after as far as you know, noise on the highway. No, I do have one accessory I am going to get around to putting on my car, and that's a second set of door seals. And uh, from all the reports I see on the internet, um, that it does noticeably reduce the interior noise of the car. We'll talk about this maybe a little bit later, because I think there's a question related to that. All right, next question comes from Carlo. He says, I, uh, if I have everything, including all the lights, to turn off after I exit the car, how long should the 12-volt battery last me? Do I get a warning when it's getting low? I uh, don't want to be locked out of my car like it happened to Michael Bodner. Um, and, of course, you haven't noticed there, Michael Bodner had a failure on his 12-volt battery on his car this week. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't get in the car, but Tesla service did come to the rescue and yep. fixed them up. So the bottom line here is that, yes, you do get a warning if your 12-volt battery does uh, is on the verge of failing, provided you're in the vicinity receiving the notice. It will say 12-volt battery failing, you know, call service, whatever the case may be. Um so yes, you do get a warning. Um, 
As far as um, exiting the lights and stuff, I mean, there is a software setting in the car where you can have the lights turn on for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. When you exit the vehicle, you can turn on or off. I don't think, I mean, listen, the car is LED lights everywhere. It has very little appreciable uh, power drain on the car. It's so low compared to incandescent lights. I I really wouldn't worry about it. It was, it. Yeah, and, and it, that's no issue at all because we've had people who've really power tested these cars, you know, by camping in them at night and, and you know, having the heater run and whatever all else. I, I think there's a little bit of a misconception because we all come, for those of us who come from the ice world, it's like, oh, God, if you leave a light on or something like that, you're going to drain the battery. Right. Yeah, you're sitting on one hell of a huge battery under this car, and that's what's yep. used your 12-volt. So yes, I don't care. up the 12-volt. Exactly. So, I mean, if your 12-volt starts to run low, the main battery will recharge it all the time. So you would have to run out the main battery. That, in normal circumstances, should take not days, but months. So I wouldn't worry about that. What's happening with the 12-volt battery failing is because it has a certain number of cycles, like any battery. It has a certain lifetime. You charge it, it discharges. You charge it, it discharges. And Mm -hmm. eventually, it reaches this point where it just kind of you know, uh, clogs up for, there's a very sign. And, and it's not a special battery. battery. It's a, it's a yeah. lead acid battery, just exactly. like any other re- regular car. Mm-hmm. The reason, and we have, you know what, we have to go down this rat hole. Cause it, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, a why is it? Tesla- you know, it's a rabbit hole, a we, rat hole. We I mean, I know, it's Hall- I know it's Halloween, but my <laughs> God, well, we got to keep it spooky. Um, no, we really have to go down this. I know we're going to get questions and people are going to say, why isn't Tesla using lithium-ion batteries to power the power electronics? And the reason is, is that the lithium-ion batteries are not, they don't perform as well in the cold. No. So in the colder climates, you need a lead-acid battery. They're very, very good in the cold. That's why they have things like cold cranking amps to turn over the motors on regular ice cars. So they're very resilient as far as the cold is concerned. Don't forget, the 12-volt battery that's in the car also powers the power electronics in the car, and it closes the contactors, or closes and opens the main contactors on the big battery. So that's why if the 12-volt battery fails, no worky, you're not going anywhere. Right. So it's critical that that battery... Um, stays charged and it's partly charged because there's an inverter built in that charges it up from the main battery pack so that's why um a matter of fact all evs have a 12 volt battery in addition to the high voltage battery it's just just the way they are the other thing i for model y will not it's going away Do, do we know that for sure though I've heard it repeated enough times that I'm gaining confidence in it. I mean, we have to see it. Obviously, it's it's not a, a thousand percent, but it, how cool would it be if it did? That would, you know, one. Because, okay, well, to... you know what? It is a question. So let's talk about it right now sure. since it just came out. Um, there has been a lot of talk, um, you know, last year when Elon was talking about the Model Y and how they wanted to change the wiring system and they wanted to do away with the 12 volt system. They were talking about going to what? 48 volts, was it? Something Initially, like yeah, I think so. Okay. So I think that's where the confusion's coming from. Is Tesla actually going down that road or have they backed off from that and trying to use as much from the Model 3, including all the power electronics in the car, as much as possible? Save for, you know, this body that's supposed to be die cast and the possibility of this new wiring harness. Those are still complete unknowns at this point. Yes, they've been driving around pre-production candidates, but nobody's opened the hood yet. So we really don't know uh, what's going on. Um, to happen down there i mean we will know in due time yeah but right now it's kind of still speculation so eric did you want to jump in there on that well i was going to say a couple things um the first is michael's case i want to say is more of of a rare anomaly than it is considered the norm 
So when, 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 when people, when that story came out, uh, and you know, Michael was just like trying to leave work and there were some family issues and it was like, kind of like chaotic. I mean, it can be, you go to your car to trying to get in and all of a sudden you can't get in and you're like, what do you do? Uh, so Tesla service did right by him, uh, gave him $200 in Uber credits, uh, you know, gave him the tow, like they, they, they took care of him and then some, yeah. um, but yeah, what happened to Michael is certainly an anomaly. Um, I no, it's weird. This conversation is not the same conversation in an ICE car. No one thinks about, oh my God, what if my battery dies? Like, yeah, your car doesn't start either because your alternator could be bad. It's not charging your battery. Now your battery is dead. Like, what are you going to do? Well, you can't go anywhere because your car is not going to work. Um, you know, electric vehicles aren't that different, but Ian's 100% right. The huge battery pack in the undercarriage of your car is the one thing you should worry about when it comes to your car's battery. Uh, you know, your your display will let you know if the battery is running low, if there's some kind of an issue with it. And that gives you time to get to a place, get the battery checked out and switch it if you need to. Um, but yeah, it, it, Michael's had some hiccups with his car. Uh, certainly he's addressed a number of them uh, on his social media platforms. And you know what? He was an early adopter. So it's, it's, uh, I have yet to have sub six thousand VIN. I have yet to have the same issues he does, and my VIN's just under thirteen thousand. So you know, it, to each their own. It's it, you know, those are weird glitches. Uh, he doesn't have a lemon in terms of lemon laws are concerned, but yeah, he's had some issues with this car. Um, but I don't want people to start getting into a panic, going, "Oh my God, the twelve volt battery!" Like, guys, every effing car in North America has a twelve volt battery. No one's panicking that their car is not going to work. Yeah. Um, so I just, I just don't like it. Take this with a grain of salt. It's a one-off scenario. It's a fluke thing. And typically a 12 volt battery should not die that quickly. Like, honestly, there's a reason why most of them have a three, five year warranty because they're meant to last for that long. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Moving along. Next question comes from James. He says, pure speculation, but wonder what your thoughts are regarding timeline for improved battery cells with Maxwell technology. And if all models will receive the benefit at the same time, perhaps this impeding change. Impending. Impending change. I, I missed the M in there. <laughs> Language, sir. Um, has, Thinking has, of impedance. Yes, yes. Uh, perhaps this impending change has led to delays with Gigafactory expansion in Nevada. Um, we will know more about the whole Maxwell situation when Tesla has their battery investor day sometime in the spring. I think there's a lot going on in here about this. Now, remember, Maxwell was actually two different things that they really brought to the table. One was the supercapacitor part of the business, and the other part was the new dry electrode, um, you know, the, the the production process that's supposed to save um, on volat volatile chemicals, uh, make it easier to produce and cheaper to produce. I think those are some significant savings as far as that's going on right there. Um, has it led to delays with Gigafactory? Possibly, because right now that's where their cells are being made, uh, the vast majority of them. I mean, the 18650 cells that Tesla um, acquires for the S and the X, those are still imported from Japan. But everything for Model 3 and Model Y right now is coming out of Gigafactory. Um, so anything's possible. They have said many times before that the Gigafactory will is, is designed in such a way that they can retrofit whatever and you know, change whatever manufacturing that they need uh, to adapt as they go. So any new breakthroughs, acquisitions that they make is certainly um, as possible there. So is there delays? I, I don't really know. I haven't honestly been really paying attention. Um, I think we'll probably know more next year once we know what's going on with semi-truck. I mean, listen, they have... <laughs> Model Y, we know it's going to be in Fremont. We have the semi-truck, which is an unknown. The pickup truck is an unknown. And the Roadster is an unknown. My money is on Gigafactory 1. 
lots of room out there. We talked about this on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of room over there for expansion. So I think if, if we see some more dirt being moved over there sometime next year, then we have an answer as far as what's what's going on with that. I do want to answer uh, one part of his question, which is do, do. He, he wants to know if we think all models have received the same benefit. I say no. And part of me says that because look how long the Model 3 battery pack's been out and the Model S and the Model X have not had a change yet. True. There, I mean, it would, stand, it would stand to reason that if they could do it, they would have done it by now. Well, it's, it's, it's been a couple of years. It's true. However, remember, Tesla was so focused on the Model 3 ramp sure. last year in the first part of this year that they literally took resources from other parts in the company. That's why we didn't get power walls for the longest time. Or well, but, right. but, my, but mind you, we've had enough little changes. Like we just recently had the front seat changes in the Model X. I mean, they, they, the design teams can work on things. And ideally, we're talking about just a different battery pack. We've, we've, we've posited on the show before that the battery pack would have to be a little bit thicker. So obviously how they would retrofit that. But that's not a major change. Like you're changing the body of either car. So it's certainly, I mean, look, they, they've made incremental changes. We know there was the Raven refresh earlier this year. So they can do changes. Um, I don't know if this is such a significant one that we can make the argument. It's a valid one to make. I mean, we certainly could theorize on it. I I just don't think it's that major. But but their history does not indicate that they change one, they change all. My personal opinion about a change to a battery pack in the Model S and the X, by virtue of them being essentially the same platform, Mm -hmm. is more than just swapping the battery pack. There's some more stuff going on in there. They have to change some of the power electronics. They will want to probably adopt some of the things that they've done for the Model 3 because all the power electronics from the battery is not separated from the car. It's actually built into the penthouse on the back of the battery, unlike the S and the X, which have a separate charger. It's, you know, in the Model uh, in the Model S, it's underneath the rear seats. In the Model X, it's in the rear quarter panel. So th- there are some different changes. In well, there's the- also the patent they had for the new wiring system that they had some months yeah. ago that came out. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, I think it's sometime. I don't know. It, it's so confusing right now because they say <laughs> one thing. You know, it's just like, okay, we have to be efficient about our capital expenditures, about, you know, whatever we decide to work on and improve. And then, then Elon says stuff like, well, you know, we're making it for sentimental reasons. But it's still a good car. I don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah, are that they was so off the cuff and random the way he put that out there. It's like, yeah, I, I don't, you know, don't know. Really? You're building these for a I, I think I know what he meant, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because he tends to think in such gigantic 30,000 foot terms. It's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, compared to the impact of the Model 3, the Model Y and everything else they're building. Yeah, the 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 save the planet mission part of the S and the X are not substantial. They They were the tools that were necessary to get the 3 and Y to happen. But once that's all running, they don't contribute that much to the mission. But and, I, and I my opinion is, I hope for them because of where where they're slotted, you know, sort of in the uh, the automotive hierarchy. They're they're great cars, and Absolutely. I understand the cement, and I understand the cement the sentimental reason why he says it like that. But I hope they don't discontinue the cars. No, there's, there's a huge to. segment of, I don't of think the market that want no. them. Well, not so. only that, what the hell would they be going around the Nurburgring and and having a whole team doing this right. plaid thing for for this giant upgrade that we're all frothing at the mouth to see next year if I, I think the car. i think i think what they're doing there is just to pump the high-end model like they want to take the performance model three or the model s, s sorry mm-hmm. uh, to the next level yeah 
I think that's what that's all about. But, um, but my point being, why would you do that if two months later you shut off the production line? Like it doesn't. Well, no. It, it, well, exactly. And again, that just kind of falls into like, okay, what what can we do to the Model S to improve it without spending yeah. a lot of money? Exactly. Okay, so we we build a new super high performance version of it using some of the stuff that we've designed for. It uh, also for just doesn't make sense to to have either one of those cars all of a sudden cease production because while the numbers have been sort of, uh, I shouldn't say sort of, because the numbers have been slowly diminishing over time and yeah. the Model 3 sales have gone up, you're still selling the cars at a respectable rate. And I guarantee metric wise that some of the Model S and X sales from the last several quarters will still outperform other vehicles in the same class. So yes, yes it's understandable that you're when, when you compare it to the three, it's it's unfair. But watch what happens with Model 3 numbers when Model Y comes out. You're going to see some of the same trends where Model Y numbers are astronomically high out the gate uh, once production's and uh, mass in full. And then all of a sudden, you're going to see Model 3 numbers sort of like, eh, kind of like, just kind of go straight across the table because now Model Y is, is going to be uh, the, yeah. the new thing on town. Yeah. There, so. There's definitely going to be some movement in the numbers. And even Elon said uh, at the last financial or at, at the earnings call that they, they definitely saw a dip in sales of S and X, but they expect them to pick back up again yeah. um, going into the next quarter and the, four, the following quarters. It could have just been a dip, whatever. And I think it was probably the tail end of all the rumors that were going around since the summertime about a potential could be. refresh, right? And yeah. since that's not happening, then they expect the sales pick and up. You, and by the way, used sales for S and X are still doing very well. I mean, they yeah. whether it's, it's a private market or through Tesla itself, they're still selling really well. I mean, you're not seeing people on, I mean, I've seen, I saw one today. Oh, Trevor, you'd love this. I saw a Model X today with that champagne color that you love so much. Mm, um, silver. Right, but, but that's like an old Model X and that person obviously still loves their car. So, you know, there are a lot of owners that are certainly holding on to what they had. Um, but I... I I, again, when people see the numbers, they, they go way too much into this. There's a lot yeah. that goes into the numbers. Um, the Model 3 is just right now the king of Tesla, but it, pretty soon it's going to take a backseat to Model Y. Yeah. Okay, let's move along here. Next question comes from Paul. He says, can the pop-up dialog boxes on the screen have larger fonts for us old folks? I say no. <laughs> I say yes. Nice. I know, I know you Not guys. Not just want that. It. I want the, I want the, I want the words on the, on the map. I want the street names to be bigger. Oh my god! You don't know the struggle. No, the, listen. The first of all, all real. first of all, I understand it. I wear glasses. I just don't wear them for the shell because my eyes actually still work when it comes to reading. <laughs> now, my dad's farsighted, so I understand how difficult it is for him for reading stuff, and he wears his glasses all the time with the transitions and everything else. Um, so here, here's what I can tell you. Part of it is, and especially if you're a Model 3 owner, the 15-inch display only gives you so much real estate, and there's a lot of stuff on that screen. You, for example, can't take the stuff on that left third where you have, like, your vehicle's display, the speed, and all. You can't make that font much larger um, because now yeah, you're— mess run with that part. Right. So, there, there's, so you're limited to certain things. Now, if Paul's recommendation is, hey, there are some things I want to make larger, like some of the icons, uh, maybe some of the radio controls and things like that, I, I mean, I get it. Um, but it's, it's almost like saying there are times where with my Mac display, I want certain things to be even smaller, and I can't. Uh, because it, it's it's fixed based on the resolution of my display. Same for a, a Windows PC. So you're sort of hamstrung by what the technology offers you. Um, some people I've seen with their their mobile phones have the font as big as it is, and they still say it's not big enough. 
Um, so, you know, I, I understand the, the want to have that. I just think there's a reason why it was designed the way that it is. And I think changing it really runs a risk of not making it user friendly. Yeah, at some point, some of us has to give give up and just get like the progressives or the bifocals going when you drive. Yeah, car. I mean, I'm not I there mean, yet, but I'm close. Yeah, I mean, and again, I I totally understand it. Or just have someone next to you who maybe can see it better when you're driving. But I need a copilot. I, I get it. I mean, I, this is I'm not sliding anybody, so don't I don't take this as as offense. But no, but I mean, again, I've had glasses since I was eight years old, so I, I understand how vision impairment can affect people. Um, for me, night driving is difficult. Everything looks blurry at times, and and we're we're sort of limited by what nature gives us. Uh, but yeah, to ask to ask Tesla, can, can I just get a slider so I can adjust my font size to what? Because they, they've they've made that display look that way for a reason. They didn't yeah. make the font smaller. They didn't make it any bigger. That seems to work for the majority of drivers. It, it might. You know what? There's probably some stuff they could probably fix as far as contrast is concerned. Which they've been doing. I think. I think the dark oh, mode and, and controlling some of that has been helpful. The last update for V10. I find uh, helped. dark mode to be easier to read at nighttime than yeah. I find the the reverse during the day, but that's just me. All right. Well, everybody seems to have a different opinion, and that's perfectly fine. Yeah. All right. Moving along here. Next question comes from Kim. Um, is there any way to configure sentry mode not to flash the lights when people simply walk past the car? I park my Model Three in a busy street, and I want to record while being low key. Um, I would agree. I actually had to turn mm -hmm. sentry mode off on my car this evening because of all the trick-or-treaters going by and the lights mm. kept flashing. I agree with that. I would like to see something like that. Um, somebody needs to get on Twitter and get Elon's attention. <laughs> I, I vote for you, man. If anybody in the room is going to get that done, it's going to be you. Well, people seem to think that I've got his ear and his eyes, but I don't. I mean, it's just a, you know, just luck of the draw. Sometimes you got to catch him at the right time. I but also I, I agree. I would like to. I would yeah. like to see being able it, to turn. I think it'd be good to have a setting for it, but I think I also know why they don't right now. Uh, in due part, because having the lights flash, especially when it's darker, allows the cameras to pick up what's actually happening around it. Well, well, to a certain degree. Remember, they don't stay on. No, no, I get it. But I mean, but even, but even if you get a, a couple, you know, if it's a quick flash of something, um, you know, it, yeah, you can freeze a frame and, and get an ID type of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I guess. All right. Well, maybe we'll get on Twitter. I'll ask Elon. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Says maybe. the guy who's got how many tweets? Maybe, maybe we'll get on Twitter. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so says right. Marilyn. Marilyn. Yeah, this is getting hot. Hold on. <laughs> no. Oh, damn it. Just give me a few minutes. I'll put it back on. Okay. Relax, relax. All right. Next question comes from Jason. It says, uh, what do you guys think of the screen keyboard having the ability to do predictive text like uh, iOS or Android for that matter, um, or the ability to do a single uh, finger swipe to spell words? It says, I thought it might be easier to keep a finger constantly on the screen instead of just constantly lifting it up in spell locations. Love to hear your thoughts. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Jason. We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's some valid points there, for sure. Absolutely. Um, predictive typing, yeah, that would be good. Um, finger swiping. Uh, I'll be honest, I mean, um, it is a new feature on iOS. I used to have it on my Android phone because I'd swapped the keyboards around. Um, don't find myself using it, but there are times on hunting pecking on the car. Maybe, I don't know. What, what you guys, what are your thoughts? I think it's a good idea if they could do it. I know um, there we're still waiting on the release in V10, one of the dot updates uh, for uh, for texting. Uh, to be part of the uh, the iOS or 
iOS, part of, part of the operating system in the vehicle. Um, but else, so it may it may be when that rolls out, there could be subsequent releases, or it comes out with that release as having that ability. Um, but I also know that I, it's, when I when I had like addresses, usually if I just do voice commands uh, from the steering wheel, it tends to pick up the address correctly and it enters it. Um, only on rare occasions where like I don't know I don't know what this is that I have to go back and type it in manually. Um, but yeah, I, I, voice command seems to be the easiest way to do it because it, as long as you're clear and concise, it it, it can pick it up. Yeah. Well, you never know. I mean, there are more point updates. Uh, you know, uh, V10, as originally described, is not feature complete yet. Yeah. So we're still waiting on some updates. The cool, the cool thing is when people do get recommendations out there, I know I know, Raj is always like, hey, what about this? Um, when, Second factor authentication. Right, I know. <laughs> but there are, there are enough people who can get, if you're lucky enough and you actually can throw out a suggestion on Twitter and Elon sees it, he may be receptive. Yeah, we'll try it. We'll work on it. It's forthcoming. Like He's pretty receptive to feedback from everybody. It's also possible... Uh, from your vehicle to submit a bug report and just make that a recommendation as a bug report. At the very least, they review them. Uh, so even if it's not an actual bug, we hope if they review them, right? But if you're but if you're typing and saying, "Listen, I'm having a hard time getting this keyed in," uh, then just make a bug report and say, "Hey, you know what? Help is uh, predictive text." We do have a thread on the forum of suggestions. You so don't I'll, say yes. I'll try to remember to put a link in the uh, podcast and the video description so you guys can uh, look that up. So if you feel like uh, throwing in there, because, um, you know, the Tesla people come and look at the forum once in a while, and uh, they might pick some of that stuff up, or I can for, uh, for, forward it to uh, Bonnie Norman and see if it gets anywhere. But, yeah, Twitter as well. All right, next question. Hey, it comes from Pierre, our, fr our friend Pierre. Right, Pierre Shampoo. Yes, he says, at the Tesla Q3 earnings call, Elon reiterated the company's intention of giving customers the most fun they can have with the car. With my dual motor, I just completed a slalom or autocross championship. In its class, uh, the car is not competitive with its vehicle stability control being so intrusive. Considering that the performance model with track mode is the B Street class winner, can you convince Elon Musk, here we go, what's it with me, <laughs> to, you, to provide track mode to the dual motor? To me, it would be a direct software adjustment since the P3D is so equipped. No power crease. Just a lot more fun with those. Any good advertising. I, I'm 100% with Pierre on that. From day one, I have argued that all Model 3s should have, I mean, if not full-blown track mode, because track mode's pretty permissive, um, but some type of sport setting for the ECS, at a minimum, something that sort of emulates what it does to to allow the yaw rate to increase, to, like, to like get the car get a little bit more sideways. Now, I should say that we actually have three different levels of yaw control in Model 3. There is the rear-wheel drive, which is super strict. We're talking like, like none, you know, like old-school school, school uh, strict. It will not let the the car budge whatsoever. And then you have the dual motor, which does, a, I don't know, I want to say something around 5 or 10 degrees of yard. A little come out a little bit. So whether you have a standard dual motor or performance car, there is a certain amount of, of you can get the back end out before it start, steps in. And then you have track mode, which will let you do full-on donuts under certain conditions. I saw that. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's I, almost I, like tank track mode, you know? Yeah, exactly. You can just spin it around in the dry, and I did tons of them in the snow last year. There's no problem. And to me, it makes no sense that a car in this category doesn't have it at all trim levels, because if you compare this car to um, its competitors, which would be logically the C-Class Mercedes, the Audi A4, um, the BMW 3 class, 
all of those cars uh, don't necessarily all have a full defeat for the ECS, but they do have sport modes that let you have some fun with them. So, I mean, I understand why Tesla is doing it. I mean, margins. It, sure, they sucked me in the minute it was track mode. <laughs> Yo, I just I dropped a huge. I've yet to more I've yet to turn on track mode. I'm gonna have to. I'm waiting for some snow. Really? Yeah, it's it's true. You have to get pretty crazy with it in the dry to to be able to. My my, it. my wheels are going on on Saturday. Excellent. So. Excellent. But but yeah, all this to say, I think at this point, it's just a cash grab. They're really trying to entice you into dropping the big money on the performance car so that you can get that feature. And well, yeah, a lot of us did it. So <laughs> hard to argue with it. But on the same token, you know, maybe once sales start plateauing a little bit, like Eric said, when the Y comes out, whatever, and they're going to the demand push, lever. pull that demand lever. And when they do that, it better be retroactive to the old cars because to me, this is this is a small thing that they need to do to just just to give it parity with its competitors, at least yeah. at that level. Well, good suggestion, Pierre. We'll do what we can. Absolutely. No promises. We'll put it on Twitter. Fine Lab has aligned protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. FineLab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. FineLab and Tesla. We were meant for each other. All right, next question comes from Michelle. He says, winter storage for my Model 3. I read a lot about it on the web, and I can't exactly get what I must do to prepare my car for a five-month five hibernation. We're assuming he's probably going to Florida. Uh, one major source of uncertainty is about the 12-volt battery losing all of its charge quickly during the first few days. If I keep my car plugged in all the time, 110 volts, doesn't the main battery keep the Do you charge? see a theme recurring Yes, here. I see. Yes, yes, exactly. Bond all right, so the answer... 12-volt paranoia. Yeah. The answer is, Michelle, plug the car in. And plug it yes. in. Leave it plugged in. Use Our, the UMC. Set it to 50% if you must. That's the lowest you can take it. Yeah. Uh, lithium batteries are perfectly happy to be at 50% for long-term storage. That's been proven. Mm -hmm. Perfectly fine. And the car will do its duty. It will just keep things uh, plugged in. What you don't want to do is not plug in the car, not do a full charge, and keep checking on it remotely. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. It wakes it up. Yeah. Got to power on all the systems. Yeah. yeah. Down it goes. Just but leave it plugged in. Rule of thumb, uh, I, I charge, I, charge the big battery and it'll charge the little battery. Exactly. And leave it plugged into a receptacle that's not going to trip the breaker on you. So, yeah, don't don't overthink it. All right. Hey, look who popped up. Matt, our good friend Matt. Uh, do you know what software version has the power output increase, range increase, supercharging for SR, SR plus, um, increased regen, scheduled departure? Okay. Early access, people have it, and they report that the version is 2019.36. That's the best I've been able to determine at this point. Final release will likely be some kind of dot release after that fact. So it's going to be at least dot 36, but it's not out yet in general release, just in the early access program. So that is coming. Um, been lots of leaks on the internet, people in the early access program um, publishing pictures on Twitter of the release notes. So it is definitely coming. 
Uh, let's see here. Another question from James. He says, not a Tesla question, Trevor. Just wondering how your back is doing and if I found any treatments to give you some relief. <laughs> Thank you for your concern, James. Um, actually, my back is doing much better. Um, yes, so it's all good. Uh, I think it's just related to posture in the car or whatever the case may be. Thank you for your concern. I'm good. Um, let's see here. Next question comes from Deanna says, is it true that Eric's been on TV? Someone told me he was on a game show. Which one was it? Eric? <sighs> Care to to talk about this? So, is it true? So before the show, uh, I was looking at the questions for the, for the rundown. And um, I keep thinking the kinds of questions that Trevor and Ian get. It's physical questions it's questions about canada charging and accessories and wheels and speed tests and my question is i heard you're on tv <laughs> so, eric tell us about your 15 let, minutes of fame let, well actually i have what well, was more than that i have more than that. uh so yeah. i've i've been on uh so it is true diana uh i have not been on just one tv show i've been on uh, a few but i've been on two game shows um, the first was Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, uh, hosted by Regis Philbin. Uh, the show was in 2001, spring of 2001. Uh, I was a ripe 23 years of age at the time. Uh, so, whew, youngins. And um, I won, I made it to the hot seat, and I won $1,000. So, you can see where that's gotten me in my life. And then, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was, it was... Uh, so embarrassing. Anyway, uh, the second game show I was on, which I just celebrated my anniversary uh, for that show earlier this month. Um, I was on Wheel of Fortune in 2014. Um, it was actually an audition here in South Florida and just made it through all the different rounds just by luck. And uh, I got the confirmation that was in the contestant pool spring of 2014. I uh, got notification that we're going to tape the show in July of that year, and then it aired October 20th of 2014. So um, I know for copyright stuff, a lot of those YouTube videos were taken down shortly after they were posted. Um, but it is true. I won $10,200 in cash on Wheel of Fortune. So I came in third place. So it's, it was pretty rare to see someone in third place win that much money. I only have one question for you. Yeah. How's, how's Vanna? I tell you what, um, I've actually been asked that quite a bit. So uh, first, first way I had more in, more interaction with uh, actually no, I'd probably before the show we had more conversations with Van than we did with Pat. Um, their personalities on TV are really how they are in person. It's really nice to see they're not it's not disingenuous. Uh, they're very sweet people, very kind. Regis the same way. Regis is uh, hey, what's going? Like that energy is exactly who he is twenty four seven. I've heard that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how people can stand it. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I kid. I kid a lot. Actually, I, I got a quick story about Regis. Um, so I was I got really sick after the taping of the show. Like, just my fa I couldn't breathe through my face at all. And my mom, uh, who was my guest with me, she went to um, his morning TV show at the time the next day. And then so during one of the commercial breaks, they tend to talk to the audience. And he recognized her from the show taping the night before. Mm. So he wanted to know, and of course, uh, my last name is Camacho. So people were like, you know, where's Macho Camacho? He's like, can I call you that? I'm like, yeah. He's like, Macho Camacho. So he recognized my mom and said, well, where's Macho Camacho? And she's like, oh, he's in the hotel. He's not feeling well, this, that, and the other. So some weeks later, I get an envelope in the mail. It was an autographed uh, photo, like a production uh, photo of him on the set of Millionaire. 
And he said, Dear Eric, next time you'll be a macho millionaire. All my best, Regis Philbin. Nice. That was the sweetest thing. I, I was like, so, I was just like, my heart was just like, what a guy. Um, wow. but, but to answer your question about Vanna, um, she came in, uh, you know, getting ready for the show because my show was the first to tape that day. And she looks incredible. Neither of them look their age, which of course I'm 42 later on in November. I don't look my age. They look incredible. Um, they're just very sweet. They really care about the contestants doing well. They will give you coaching tips. They tell you to relax uh, during the commercial break. I mean, they're just, they're fantastic. Um, but truth be told, it takes, so Wheel of Fortune tapes our episodes in real time. Same thing with Millionaire. So when you see a commercial break on TV, that's the same amount of time in the studio, yes. they're sort of like resetting everything and then getting ready for the next show. Um, so yeah, our show was done in like 30 minutes. And right. and next like you're on, you're it's it's just it's surreal. You're doing the thing, and next thing you know, it's like, all right, show's over. And then it's the next show, and they just keep going. They they will tape five to six episodes in one day for, for, for that week. So yeah, it's crazy. So they're wow. basically they're basically done uh, by early afternoon. That's like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. It is, and they only tape so many days per month. They don't they don't I think they work. It's a lot, but I think I think they work less than ten days a month. Wow, taping the shows, get the big money, big get the, get the big money. That's right, no whammies. Well, there you, <laughs> I remember that show, boy. <laughs> that's really Damon. All right, well there you go, Deanna. We have a famous guy who's been on TV here twice. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. All right, next question comes from Steve. He says, "What's the best setup for reviewing Century Mode dashcam clips on your phone while in the car?" Ian, you're best man to answer this because you have a USB key with a Wi-Fi hotspot built into it. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, to me, that's that's the way to go is get yourself uh, a Wi-Fi USB key. And I use um, Sentry View to, uh, to, to look at it. So basically download the app and you basically fire up your – you have to remove the stick from the car – you turn on the Wi-Fi transmitter uh, inside the USB stick. Um, the phone will read it, and then you can just cruise on through and look at all the clips. It works fabulously. I've had it operating now for a couple of months. I've had no issues with it at all. Um, I absolutely love it. Okay. Well, the app on iOS is called Century View. I'm sure there are some for Android, but I'm not an Android guy, so I couldn't answer that 100%. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the best I can do right now because I use a solid-state drive. I just did a video on how to set up your solid-state drive in your car. If that's your, your persuasion, that's the way I like to operate. I am going to do a video, though. i got a couple of apps that you can use on your desktop computer to actually look at your Sentry um, and dash cam clips. So, so look for that sometime in the near future. So anyways, there you go, Steve. I hope that answers your question. Um, next question comes from Eddie. He says, ah, are there tires available for Model 3 that slightly stick out past the rim? I guess I, I, I have a feeling Eddie's getting frustrated with curb rash. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that's sort of what it was. Um, the short answer to that is yes, you can go um, a couple of sizes up. Now, um, Eddie has not told us exactly which size he has on his Model 3 because the car has 18-inch, 19-inch, and 20-inch. But in all three of those sizes, um, the OEM rim can accept at least one size up. In the case of the 19-inch or the 20-inch, you can go from a 235 to a 245 without a problem. And in the case of the 18-inch, you can actually go up to a 255 
40. Uh, from memory, that will work on the 8.5-inch wide wheel. So that's considerably wider, although at that point, it's going to eat into your range. Take it from a guy who's had all the different sizes. When you get to 255s, you're killing some range. But 245s, not a big deal. So if you just keep the same profile, go to like, a, if you've got the 18-inch, do a 245-45. If you've got the 19-inch, do a 245-40. And if you've got the 20-inch, you can do a 245-35. Um, All of those will fit. And just that little extra five millimeters on either side will give you enough beef to, to protrude slightly past the rim edge and hopefully protect your wheels. An alternative is to consider something like wheel bands or um, gator gator bands, I think is the other one's called. It's a little thicker, a little more. Um, I'll be honest, I, I had wheel bands on my car, on my Model X, and because of the circumstances, the curb rash that I suffered on my car was not just from brushing up. Actually, the wheel actually slid down a curb. So obviously the wheel bands did not do their proper job. They're not designed for something like that. But I think for mild mild abrasions it might save your bacon a little bit so yeah um yeah the wheels don't stick out very far because tesla's rims go right up to the edge for aerodynamic purposes and stuff so yeah it's a bit of a problem well it isn't just that they they've chosen to go the combination of the a tire that's on the narrow side for the the wheel width or looked at the other way they've got a, a relatively correct tire size but with an abnormally wide wheel and i think that's done for efficiency purposes as you stretch the sidewalls of the tires out you make them a little bit tighter and you get less hysteresis that is the flexing of the tire as it rolls. Yes, exactly. I'm pulling out the big boy words tonight. <laughs> what it does is it makes the tire tighter, and that way it doesn't consume as much energy. So you get a little more range by stretching the tire out is what's going on there. Hysteresis. Very good. Put that one in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> All right, next question you like, comes. You like corn pipe. Is that what it is? No corn pipe. That's All it. right, take it easy there, Popeye. All <laughs> right, the next question comes from Kyle. He says, with the Plaid Model S coming next summer, do you see a need to leave the current Model S, performance Model S in the lineup as Elon stated they would? Seems like potential Tesla covers uh, Tesla customers would be better off with of the performance Model 3 over the S. Without an interior refresh, here we go again, um, <laughs> that would be some selling factors even at that point for the non-Plaid Model S. It's no longer the fastest S option with the interior outdated car. Oh, okay, look, we get it. People need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen to the S? Oh, my Taylor, God. Taylor Swift had it right. You need to calm down. All right, yeah. so let me, let me start with this. One... We really don't know what Tesla's plans are because their stuff can change from week to week to week. We've seen earlier in the year, we're going to close stores. And then with a matter of days, we're not closing stores. And so like stuff can change dynamically all the time. We mentioned earlier in the show, the Model S is not going anywhere. Now, can the variance change? Yes. Um, is there arguments that the performance Model 3 is better than the S? Sure. To what end does a person want a performance S versus a performance three? Do they like the bigger car? They're going to go with an S. So it's understandable. Like it's not just a performance metric that people get a performance car. Sometimes it's a status symbol. Sometimes it's because they actually like the bigger vehicle, whatever the reasons are. Um, but Tesla's going to do what they're going to do through hell or high water, no matter what we think. Um, and we could see something and then all of they can change it the next day we've seen how many changes with the with the online design studio oh, yeah. i mean there's I mean, it happens all the time um i personally don't think they're gonna remove the performance s the way they have it now the plaid no. 
to me is a unique option. I don't think there's going to be a lot of buyers for that. But it's for be expensive. But it, but that that to me is a track car, and not most. A lot of people who get a performance Model S aren't buying it because it's a track car. They're buying it because it's got oomph, you know, it's got ludicrous and this, that, and the other. Um, so yeah, I, I don't I don't have. To me, there's no validity to any of this. It's a good question from Kyle. I just think that that's not going to change. You're you're still going to have a performance Model S no matter what. I'll I'll throw I'll I'll throw something else onto that yeah, team buyer is the um, the Plaid Model S as we've seen and and now seems to be confirmed is going to have some kind of different bodywork whether it's going to be reworked after the production line but it's right. definitely going to have wider flares considerably the wider tires um, you know the three motor setup uh, almost certainly this mm -hmm. is going to take a huge chunk out of the range right and I still think there's a lot of customers who like the fact that the current performance uh, Model S has basically still got excellent range. Like, what is it, 340 some odd miles or something like that? Somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, it's in that range, but it, it cranks out, you know, zero to 60 in two and a half seconds. So if right. that's, you know, there's a lot of customers who want that car that's still like one of the world's fastest accelerated production cars, but it's a mm -hmm. great touring long distance traveling car. The plaid car will not be that car. I have a funny feeling the, the range might drop below 300 miles with all of the crazy mods are doing to it because it yeah. is, say, it's a very different car. It's very focused. Right. I, I think a lot of them are going to go on the track, but I know a lot of them are going to be sold to people who want that car. It's the yeah. same customer who are buying like the black edition AMG because it's got that extra, you know, it, it's the goes to 11 thing. It's like, yeah, I want to be king of the hill, you know? Right. Okay. We'll have to wait and see what happens. As Eric said, Tesla changes their mind as often yep. as some people change their underwear and socks. So. Absolutely not. Okay. I hope you change your underwear every day. I'm just, I'm just bringing it out. Yeah. That is recommended maintenance practice. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, you can always turn them inside out. Sometimes more than once a day. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, especially if we have a ludicrous Model S, that's for sure. Yeah. Keep a lot of spares. <sighs> All right. Next question comes from Fred. He says, "Regularly drive uh, daily driving charging habits. I routinely charge to ninety percent using typical daily driving around town with my high powered wall connector, also known as just the wall connector." I usually will not charge until the battery indicates somewhere between 50 and 65%. This usually occurs about once a week to or 10 days. Mm -hmm. With respect to maintaining the battery's health, is it better to charge daily when the battery is around 80 to 85% or wait and charge it once a week or two weeks until it gets down to 30%? So the Ooh. simple answer is you can actually charge it every day. Uh, Elon's That's even what said... I do. Right. I charge it every day too uh, when I can. Um, so let's let me think of it this way. So... Fred, if you're listening, let me talk to you, Fred. Just, just between you just and me. Just between you and me. Um, when you you're have like your, all ASMR on us, Derek. When you, uh, when you have your cell phone, do you only charge it when it gets down to like twenty percent, or do you plug it in seventy-two percent, eighty-nine percent? Like, what, what do you do with your phone, Fred? Because in reality, the answer is it doesn't matter. Now, what does matter is how long it's on the charge. So if you have your vehicle charging to 90%, and let's say you charge on a scheduled time so that it turns on so that your electric bill is obviously at its lowest and you're not paying peak hours, you would conceivably, you know, let it charge. And then when you're done, you unplug it. Same thing with your cell phone. You only leave your cell phone plugged in 24 hours a day. Obviously, that's not good for your battery over time because you're meant to sort of have life cycles of a charge. Yes. This has been talked about before. These are smart cars. These are really smart, advanced battery packs. Um, you're actually good charging it at whatever. If you want to get it down to like 81% and plug in your car, 
do it. I, for example, charge my car to 90%, make the commute home. I get here about 80 to 82%, depending upon, of course, how I accelerate. Um, but then the next day when I go back to work, I plug it in again at about 70 some odd percent, charge it right back to 90. Um, we've seen with all the vehicles that are out there, um, there are some folks who will say you don't want to charge it beyond 80 to 90% daily. But as far as if you drive five miles, come back home, you want to plug it in, you can. Uh, these they're designed to be plugged in every day. Uh, we not wait till it drains down really, really low. Now, some people do it because they're doing tests. They want to see like how the battery performs, if it actually going to affect the range at all. Raj just did a test on his. Uh, we talked recently in one of our shows about um, Bjorn, who also did uh, some tests on the battery pack after recent updates. So those things are, you know, for analytical perspectives, I get it. But yeah, Fred, you're good to go. Charging it every day down to, you know, 80% or whatever. I, I charge 90% every day. I literally don't even think about it. Matter of fact, I drove my car today. I just checked it literally just now. It's at 82% and it's plugged in and it's going to charge 90% tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I don't worry about it. And final word on this is it's black and white in the owner's manual. When there's a plug around, plug your car in. It yeah. likes being plugged in. And it says clearly, anytime you have the possibility of leaving the car plugged in, plug it in we can all argue over what the optimal charge range is i mean yeah. there's 80 85 90 anywhere in that range i'm pretty sure is fine but anytime you've got a plug and it's convenient leave it in that's what it's happiest very good all right uh second to last question comes from scott he says as someone that lives in a region that currently has limited access to tesla services namely halifax nova scotia and the closest service center is about a thousand kilometers away, Quebec City. Uh, this is one of my biggest concerns. So my question is, when it comes time for me to buy a Model 3, should I be overly concerned about this? Are Tesla mobile services able to travel this kind of distance? Also, in reference to episode 55, it's pronounced Dalhousie University, not Dalhousie. Who said Dalhousie? I, I, did. I didn't. I think you did, dude. <laughs> Maybe Eric did. I forget now. Maybe you know what? I never would have said Delusi. No, did we? Uh, I got I got to go back now and, and look. It's going <laughs> to make me crazy. Mind you, right, thanks to what episode one hundred that we're doing. I don't. Uh, I don't no, know. we're at sixty one now. Sixty one. Okay. 61. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Whoever the culprit is. All right. Anyways. Well, um, that the, the question's a valid one. I mean, so far, I it's the cars so far have been extraordinarily reliable. Um, the question is going to become, is there going to be a mobile service center for the Maritimes? I think it's chicken or the egg. It's like, at what point did the fleet out there get large enough that it justifies having ranges in that area, right? So the answer is yes, because um, at one of the Tesla owners, um, or Tesla Ontario Owners Club meetings, they had two of the people from Tesla Canada um, that were responsible for service, and one of them was the chief of mobile service and what they do is that they have employees in those geographical areas that actually reside out there that are dispatched from their homes they don't dispatch out of quebec city necessarily go out there they have somebody in Fredericton, you know they have them around so yes they will travel those distances but it's not necessarily a thousand kilometers they will have somebody in your geographical area that can come out they're there now they already have them set up they're all over the place. I did not yes. Know that. yes. Mobile service, especially in Canada. And they told us because the country is so large, but the population tends to be concentrated, that that's where their focus is. Notice that they haven't opened any more service centers? No. 
no, like, I, like they have in the U.S. and other countries? It's because the country's just too bloody big. Yeah. So they've put all of their eggs in expansion into the mobile service. I, I remember seeing a map of Canada where someone drew um, two different lines in, like in an axis. And one of them was extremely close to the border of the U.S. And it said 50% of all of Canadians live below this line. And then like, you see like a huge swath of land north of it. And like, and that's where everybody else is. And then I forgot like wh where the line was divided between east and west. And because I know a lot of the Canada between the coast is largely just uh, woodlands and whatnot. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and they said like, you know, every basically everyone to the right of this line, everyone to the east is actually 50% of Canada. So people, I, I'm always dumbfounded by how massive Canada is uh, until you see things like that. And we're like, whoo. Look where all the habitats are. They want to be near Americans. We are a country of moose and bear. That's pretty <laughs> much 98% moose bear, 2% humans. That's what my shirt is. Look, I got moose on my shirt yeah. and little trees and stuff. So, yeah. yes. But Canada so, yes. is a beautiful place. I'm just going to throw that out there. I haven't been there yet, but every Canadian I've ever met has been some of the kindest people. So, it's a beautiful country. Bless Canada. Yeah. Come, come and visit. Yes. We're, we're, Not we're now, though. It's, it's, it's too cold. I mean, I think, I think well, what, there's a negative sign in front of your numbers. No, I'm good. It, it, it's, it's actually very pretty in the wintertime. You if know. you can tolerate the cold I'm and, up here. and you like to be outside. Listen, I, bring, I, bring a parka, turn on track mode. You will love it. Listen, I, I, grew, I grew up in New England. It's fine. You know, tell you what. How about this? How about the next time there, I'm up there for, and it's actually winter? We'll do your little speed test, and I'll be like the dame outside with the flag starting the drag race. You guys, you guys can race each other in the snow. Okay. I'll, 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 actually, I'll actually wear that wig that uh, Trevor put back on his head just so I can actually keep my head warm. Okay. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> well, there you go, Scott. I hope it answers your question. But the answer is yes, they will come to you. Mobile service is expanding like crazy in Canada. So I really, really wouldn't worry about it. If you have any concerns, contact Tesla, whoever you're uh, going to deal with, if you're going to be buying a car, and ask them that very same question. But I think you'll find the answer is pretty much exactly what we just said. Dalhousie University. Yes, Dalhousie University. All right, last question of the evening comes from Nathan. He says, I charge my Model 3 to 80%. Another charging question. Um, lately, due to the kilometer range has de has decreased, is that due to a software issue or possibly battery degradation after one year? Software! Uh -huh. Yeah, software. Um, yes. Okay, so in case you haven't really noticed that there was some pretty significant battery issues or fires in China that happened a number of months ago, and... Tesla said in a public release that they were going to put out a software update that would change the charging mechanism, whatever, to try and mitigate this. This was after their investigation. They didn't tell us exactly the root cause, because they don't. Um, anyway, so this software update looks like it's made it to the whole fleet. And on average, people have lost some range. So there's definitely some stuff in there. We've talked about this on the podcast before. We were really hoping that Tesla would be a little more transparent about this issue, and they haven't come 100% clean on it. But in case you're just following up or, or just learning about it now, that it's a known issue or change that they've done. Bjorn's talked about it. Everybody online's talked about it. There's a whole thread going on in the forum right now about the whole situation. So protect, it, it, Tesla's just protecting their butts at this point, and by virtue us, of course, because you know they don't want any battery fires, right? So, um, thoughts, guys? Uh, yeah, I, there, there seems to be multiple things going on. I mean, 
Um, Bjorn was the first one to really flag it as seeing that he was able to prove conclusively that there's been a drop in capacity. Uh, although he, he did an update, now he's claiming it's a slightly smaller percentage than it was originally. And then a lot of us have noticed, like I noticed on my car somewhere around two months ago. And if I look at my stats app, there's just this little whoop, little cliff where it suddenly drops off. So there, there seems to be some consistency. And I was talking to a couple of people at the, um, the Salons Véhicules Électriques in Saint-Hyacinthe, where I spent the whole last weekend. And a few owners came up to me and asked me that same question. And we all sort of noticed the same thing around the same time. So there seems to be something to it, but I'm with it. I'm, I'm on board with everybody else. It's like, Tesla, could you please come back and explain to us exactly what's going on? I mean, it was a pretty small change. It's not a deal breaker, but it'd be nice mm -hmm. to know that it's, because it always leaves that lingering doubt in your mind. Well, is there something wrong with my car? Like, should I be getting this checked out? You know, and I mean, then we're all going to start inundating them with the phones with questions. And oh, you can only imagine what exactly. the support lines. Yeah. This is exactly. So just come out and tell us what the deal is and yeah. we can get on with our lives. Well, at least with me, I've only had my car for a month, so I haven't noticed any difference. <laughs> it is what it is. I would yeah. hope. Well, that brings us to the pretty much the end of the listener and viewer questions. I want to say thank you for everybody submitting. We need to do this a little more often. This is kind of a fun show to be able to just sit here and just answer questions, not worry about the Tesla news necessarily. Um, let's see here. Any closing thoughts, guys, before we sign off? Anything you want to throw into the ring? Well, I'm happy that Mr. Pumpkin made it to the end of the show. I mean, he should have caught fire by now. There's no. What do you got in there? Just those tea lights, or? Yeah, just 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 the little uh, just the little candles, the little you know little dollar store shorty jobbies there. It's working. And here we are doing the show, and I haven't heard the door hasn't rung or anything. So obviously the rain has kept the kids away tonight, in part. So that means more candy for me. Oh God, I've been mainlining Mars bars and M and M's all night. <laughs> I'm so wired. <laughs> I have zero candy in this house. I, I have uh, I have lost weight. So, I've uh, I tweeted out earlier this week that I'm um, going on a cruise uh, in December in November, I should say. And um, so I've been I've been working out because I got this treadmill behind me. Uh, if you're watching on video, uh, but I'm training for race in Disney, doing a half marathon and a full marathon over the course of two days. So I've been running for that um, and just kind of eating healthier and try to be not drink as much and not have as many sweets and whatnot. So I've lost uh, more than 10 pounds since I started training in July. Wow. I'm, I'm now down to 152 pounds. Woo. So, yeah. I don't remember last time I weighed 152. Well, if you, <laughs> well, first of all, you're luck, you're married to Beverly, and she cooks amazingly well. She bakes even better. It's a miracle I don't so. weigh 300. <laughs> well, I go. I, I moderation. Well, the reason why you don't is because you carry the show. So that's that's already a lot of uh, extra calories burned off. Uh, there you good go. point. Good point. All right, Eric, since you're on the screen, why don't you plug whatever the heck you want? <laughs> We're all on the screen. Okay, my name is uh, Eric. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You guys can follow me on Twitter. That's uh, ECFix. The handle is ECFIX. And uh, EvanX is a sponsor of this show. So if you're interested in saving some cash on your orders, if you have an order where the subtotal is over 50 US dollars, uh, you can enter the code during checkout HI5. That's H I G H and the number five. That'll save you $5 off of your order of $50 or more. Excellent. Thank you, Evan X, for being a sponsor. We love you guys. We do. All right, Ian, it's your turn. What do you want to plug? Well, the uh, usual places on Twitter, at Ian Pavelko. And if uh, you are so inclined and looking for some um, Tesla wear, as uh, Mr. Camacho is uh, always so aptly modeling, in this case, the WMA, the Weapon of Mass Adoption shirt, 
you can find that at Teespring, T-E-E-Spring, all one word, dot com. Just to search for Mad Hungarian Evolveware on there and you will find my line of products. And a portion of the proceeds of that goes to Plug in America, Electromobility Canada, and LAVEC, L'Association du Véhicule Électrique de Québec. Uh, lastly, on Tesla Owners Online, you can find me under the handle Mad Hungarian. So uh, if there's any wheel and tire specific questions, I'm always glad to help with those. And uh, we've got some good threads going and all sorts of fun things there. So look me up there. Happy to join in on any conversations. He's never really mad. <laughs> no, no, that, that would be sort of an ironic title, I would think. Yes. But this, I mean, this... crazy mad, but not like. Psychotic mad. No, not mad. Mad in the positive sense of the word, shall we say. (laughs) It's a mad, mad world. Yeah. Right. There we go. Well, if you guys want to follow me, uh, I'm on Twitter. The handle is Model3Owners, or just search for Tesla Owners Online. And uh, don't forget to follow us on the forum. That is teslaownersonline.com. If you want to follow me on there, the handle is Trev P. want to say thank you to our sponsors, the guys at Doolaban Insurance, Fine Lab, Ceramic Coatings, and our great friends at EvanX for sponsoring the show. We love you all, and thanks for everybody for tuning in. As usual, you know, it's uh, no, giving us an hour of your time. I know is busy and stuff, but the nice thing about it is that it's podcast format. You can pause and come back later. So anyways, thanks for watching and listening, and uh, we'll catch you on the next show. See you guys. Happy Halloween! <laughs> Have a scary evening or day, wherever you are. <laughs>